Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. He is the new baby that changed the world, isn't he? And right out of the mouths of babes. It's great to hear uh, kids, you know, uh, the wonder of Christmas, uh, really the heart of a child shows that. Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me, and we need to have faith like a child to come to him. And it's just wonderful to see uh, children telling the story. So they get a few details mixed up. That's okay. They're, they're getting it into them. And uh, we want to uh, we want to have this morning be a bit of a family morning. We've got this set up a little cozy. I hope you like it. And we want to have a little, uh, a little story time for the children, too. Make it, uh, make, it kind of a, make it kind of a family morning. We've got sort of the living room set up here. Nice, comfortable chair so someone could sit down and read a story. But we need a couple of things. We need someone to read the story, and that someone is going to be Pastor Julie. She's prepared, and she's got a great story. And we need some kids. So I, I want to invite all the children in, in the room to come on up here and join me, because we're going to, uh, we're going to take a we're going to Gather around, Pastor Julie. I'm just going to move the fire. And, yeah, come on up. Come on up. Gather around. We're going to sit down here, and we're going to listen to a story. You want to sit? Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah. We got plenty of room here. Good morning. Good morning. You can come closer. You want to come closer? <laughs> hey, Blake. There you go. All right, is that, all, is that all the children in the house? I mean, even if you're a little bigger, you can come on up here because I'm going to sit down. I'm going to sit down right here with y'all and, and listen in. Hey, how are you, Emily? Yeah. Hey, how are you? Haley, okay. Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas to all of you. So Pastor Julie's got a great story picked out for everyone. And all, all we got to do is pay attention to her. You can come closer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> there you go. Except for not too close. I don't want to kick you. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Did you have a nice Christmas morning? Yeah. Did you like the cinnamon rolls? Yeah? Did you eat only one? Two. <laughs> Two? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they were good. You got a couple of mom and dads, okay? Yeah. Your kids had two cinnamon rolls. <laughs> All right, pre be prepared for the energy. Okay. Well, before I start, I want to tell you a little something about this story. This story is about a camel. Now, can you use your imagination? Yeah? You're thinking about it? <laughs> this story is about a camel named Humphrey, and Humphrey thinks he is so great. Humphrey thinks he is the best. He actually thinks that he should be called a king. Imagine that. 
Humphrey has a master, which is kind of like a boss. I'm going to give Pastor Pat detention. He's talking. <laughs> so Humphrey has a master, which is kind of like a boss. Do you know what a boss is? Yes. Sometimes at home you probably think like, Mom and Dad are boss at home. Yep, that's very good. And at work. And at work. <laughs> yep, yep. And Mommy and Daddy. Yeah, we got lots of bosses, don't we? Well, yeah. Humphrey's boss is his master, and Humphrey is supposed to help his master carry things on his back to go on a trip, but Humphrey does not like that. He doesn't like helping his master, and he doesn't like carrying things on his back. Okay? So now that you get a little bit of what's going on with Humphrey the camel. Okay? You ready for the story? I'm going to... You're one step ahead of me. The name of this story is called Humphrey's First Christmas by Carol Heyer. And you want... You can actually see the uh, pages up on the screen if you want. I'll show you two, but you can look right up there, too. Beloved, most beauteous, and exalted king of all should be my name. Instead, they call me Humphrey. This I could bear if the worst thing of all had not happened. My dearest possession, my glorious carpet blanket, has been lost along the trail. Now I am never warm, and I suffer terribly. Poor Humphrey. That is why I have set into motion a plan to replace my greatest of all treasures. I carefully nudged my nose inside the caravan master's tent. This is followed closely by the chattering of my teeth, thereby letting the master know that I am most enormously cold. Do you know what enormously means? Hugely cold, really, really cold, shivering cold. Success, he has not pushed me out, and I remain hopeful that a new blanket will soon be mine. Three rich caravans have joined us, and there has been talk of kings, yet these kings bring me no joy, for they have tied three huge chests to my back. They are so heavy. I am sure each must be filled with rocks. Look at Comfrey. The other camels are wearing the finest of blankets. They are all comfortable and warm. Not one of them thinks about me, their cousin, in pain and misery because of the loss of my most precious carpet blanket. I cry out in sorrow. I weep. Today, I continue my plan to regain my treasured blanket. I add loud sniffling to the chattering of teeth, and I squeeze my entire body inside my master's tent. As I do so, out rolls my master, for the tent is exactly camel-sized. <laughs> it is as I planned. As the master chases me away, he tosses me a new blanket. I have success. Once more, I am covered with splendor and comfort. I am filled with delight. If it were not for the heavy chest I am forced to carry, I would be almost happy. 
We have followed one star for many long nights. Now our caravan enters the town of Bethlehem. Its streets and inns are crowded with travelers. My master gives no thought to my tired feet and rumbling belly. I am forced to move on. At last, we reach the end of our journey, but I am confused. There is no great palace, no rich oasis, no palms heavy with fruit. I see only a lowly stable with a family inside. The three kings rejoice and run for forward to bow before the young woman who cradles a baby. Finally, the chests are taken from my back and placed before this tiny child. As each box is open, I see no stones, only gold, frankincense, and myrrh. In this land, I have walked past many children, but never before have I felt the need to walk toward one. Now I kneel before this baby shivering in a manger, watching him gladdens me more than sweet water, fresh hay, or even my wondrous new blanket. I look into the baby's eyes, and I am overwhelmed by love. I pull the treasure from my back and lay my gift carefully upon this child. He smiles, and my nose and whiskers tingle with joy. I am happy to my toes, and even without my blanket, I feel warm. Beloved, most beauteous and exalted king of all should be his name. Instead, they call him Jesus. Aww. Aww. <laughs> You were all so good. The only one I heard talking was Pastor Pat. <laughs> oh, it is so cute. Out of love for Jesus, Humphrey gave something so special to Jesus, didn't he? He gave his most treasured blanket, the thing that he loved more than anything in the world, he gave to Jesus because he loved Jesus. So what kind of things could you do for Jesus to show him you love him? Uh, uh, give our heart to him. Say that a little louder. Give our heart to him. Give your heart to him, yes. Give him a pillow. A pillow, oh, that's nice, comfy. <laughs> He needs a pill. I would give him my my favorite teddy bear to sleep with. <laughs> I will um, accept him as Jesus Christ and Savior and uh, devote my life to him. Pat, can you repeat what she just said? I will devote my life to him and accept him as Jesus Christ and Savior. Oh, that is beautiful. There's Blake, too. I give him an Xbox. <laughs> what do you do? Well, I give my entire life for him and everything I can to him. Is 
Do they have something? I gave him my favorite jockey. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh. <laughs> okay, what would you give him, please? My favorite painting. All right. All right, you got another question? So today, what could you give him? What's, what's from your heart? Jesus gave you everlasting life so you can give him your life. Amen. We can go home now. <laughs> Jesus gave everlasting life so we give him our life. Our love. Our love. You all are wonderful. I think Mr. Rob Susan is doing a fantastic job, and so are your parents. We can't go home yet? Well, you want to hear Pastor Pat preach a message this morning? Say yes. <laughs> a little slow on the jump there. You know what? And you can't leave here yet because I have something for you, okay? Yes. Yes. Um, okay, you can do that. Okay, right. before Pastor Julie gives, uh, gives you your gift and you can go back to your seat, uh, I need some help. I need some help. Oh, my gosh. Oh, let's see. I'm closing my eyes. Don't pick. Oh, who, who's? Okay, who do I got here? Oh, I got Carl. Carl, come on. I'm, all right. I, we, um, we have all these children here, and today's Christmas, and we light our Christ candle today. We've lit the Advent candles every Sunday, so today we light the final candle, which is over here, and it's the Christ candle. Thank you, Carl. Okay. All right. Now, <laughs> Pastor Julie's got a gift for you as you leave. All of you kids who go back to your seats. See, bigger kids should have come up. See? Now, we need to thank Miss Ruth for making these. We got gingerbread and we got sugar. And they're camel. But you know what I want to tell you? See this little blanket? See the little blanket around there? You can keep that and you can remember that you always need to think of Jesus and love him and give your best to him, okay? Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> you guys were great. Yes, Ed's Humphrey. Hey, sweetie. Okay. You got gingerbread or plain? Gingerbread or plain? Okay, they're all getting their camel cookie and a blanket. Gingerbread. Gingerbread? You want gingerbread, Holly? Gingerbread. Okay. There you go. I think you know these very well. <laughs> gingerbread or plain? Or sugar? Sugar. Okay. 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 He says he doesn't think he needs to take one. His mom was working all night making these. <laughs> she let you sample them, didn't she? <laughs> Thank you, Ruth. 
Thank you, Pastor Thank Julie. You. Christmas is family. It's family, and it's really nice to just slow down a little bit and take some time with children. It really, uh, it's energizing, and I definitely enjoy it. Uh, the story that we just heard about Humphrey the Camel it's a fictional story. Somebody made it up, but it was inspired by the Bible. And the account of Jesus being born and the wise men coming to visit him and see him, that's recorded in the gospel, the gospel of Matthew. And the gospel of Matthew says that these wise men came with a purpose. They came with a reason. They had something in mind, and that was to worship Jesus. So I want to just read a couple of verses from Matthew chapter 2. Not the whole narrative of the, uh, of the wise men coming, but just two verses in particular that speak to the, the idea of worship. And that's Matthew chapter 2, verses 2 and 11. And they read, when, or, I mean, they read, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? The kings were asking. We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So that's the passage where I'm guessing the author received her inspiration, and she wrote this beautiful, imaginative children's stories. And like many stories, it has a personified animal that can talk, and it's accompanied by these beautiful illustrations, and they show, they show the great variety of the uh, expressions camels actually do make. And one of the little girls next to me is saying, why is he looking like that? Well, that's really what camels do. This woman um, researched camels and the funny faces that they make. So she wrote this funny story, but it makes a couple of really serious points that even all of us big kids can take to heart this Christmas day. And those points are about worship, about worshiping our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. This little uh, guy, Humphrey, uh, this camel, he was left without a blanket. He was feeling neglected. He was feeling cold. And he made a fuss. He made a, a stink about it. And ultimately, he received what he wanted. And he counted it now his prized possession. We often work very diligently, don't we, for things and possessions and the comforts of life. And yet with all the work that we have put into gaining these possessions, sometimes uh, we fuss and we carry on uh, about something we don't have. And today is a day that unfortunately highlights that on occasion. What'd you get for Christmas? What'd you get for Christmas? I didn't, I didn't get that new Xbox I wanted. I didn't get that new phone. Boy, I really wanted uh, the Galaxy 22 or whatever the latest one is. You know, I, I didn't get the tablet or the watch or the new code or whatever it is. And 
that's something that's really been etched into our culture. There's a movie, it's called The Christmas Story, and I'm sure you're all, all familiar with uh, little Ralphie. And Ralphie and his quest, not for, not for something spiritual, not to worship Jesus, but his quest for a BB gun. They made a movie about it. He wanted something so badly that he didn't have. And this little story about Humphrey tried to make the point that Christmas is all about the opposite. Not, not the getting something that we don't have, but giving. And giving is a form of worship. When, when we mention worship, if I just say the word worship, I'm sure it, it calls things to your mind. And I think oftentimes it probably brings to our mind things like songs, and maybe certain songs and certain styles of songs and certain styles of singing and raising hands. and That is worship. But worship is so much more, so much more. Humphrey, the camel who fussed about uh, what he didn't have, he ended up giving it away. And the biblical characters, the wise men from the East, they gave. They opened up their treasures. They brought gold and frankincense and myrrh, and likely from the best that they had. For them, certainly they were people of means. They gave generous gifts, but no doubt they went back to their homeland, and I'm sure they went back to lives of plenty. I, I'm guessing that these gifts didn't break their bank and didn't cause them to become destitute. They, they lived with plenty, and most all of us do too. We live in a land of plenty. We live in this great land that people say flows with milk and honey. And yet, so often, we desperately want something that we don't have. And that's not the attitude of the heart of worship. Worship and devotion and honor, uh, honor for God, honor for what he blessed us with, that's worship. And at its root, at its very root, worship means worth. It's really derived from an old English word that means worth. I always try to say it as worthship. It, it, it means I want to give some honor. I want to revere something for, for its value to me, for what it's worth. That's what worship is. The more valuable something is to you, the more you treasure it, the more you worship it, the more worth you ascribe to it. The kings that visited Jesus showed just how valuable he was to them. And they came a long way. They, they put in all this time to travel. And then they gave these great gifts to him. And it's an example for us. It's an example of worship for all of us to see. If you're rich by the standard of the world, Use your wealth and use what the Lord has blessed you with in the Lord's service. And keep in view his will as you do that. And keep his glory in view. And lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. But even if you're not rich by the standards of this world, whether your circumstances enable you or not to give out of some great abundance, you can acknowledge your blessing even in a modest way. The storybook portrayed Humphrey giving his very best possession. He saw Jesus was worth so much that he gave away the best that he had. And even some of the children up here were, were saying that, I'll give him my life 
that's the devotion to our Savior that reveals a true heart of worship. Give your very best. And yet, there's more to worship than just material things and material giving. Humphrey, the proud camel, he thought way too highly of himself. He thought he should be called the exalted king. And of course, that's, that's the point the author's trying to make. That's human nature. All of us are at one time or another proud, and we think too highly of ourselves. When we think about God and what he did to decide to become a man, that he made this plan to come into the world, what if he had consulted us? What if he had asked us for our advice? How would we have responded? Hey, here's how I think you should come, God. You should come as the commander of an army. You should come as the general of generals. You should be the top gun. You should come as the ruler above everybody. Make sure you've got your power displayed and everybody knows that you are in control. And that's probably the way we would want to come in. That's certainly, I think if it were me, I would want to, if I had the choice and the chance, that's probably what I would do. But God made a different decision. He made a decision to come into this world as an infant, just like every other person who entered this world, just like you and I. He decided, though, to be born in this very lowly place, in a stable, and into a family that was far, far removed from the seat of power and from all authority and from wealth and from abundance and from stature. And that, in and of itself, should be a reminder to us and a constant reminder to us not to think too highly of ourselves. If God could come into this world as humbly as he did, and he did it not to show some human strength and power, but he, he did so to show service and humility. And a few weeks ago, he's Matthew 10, 45, and it's worth repeating. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. The example that Jesus showed as a servant, it didn't begin when he started his ministry. It, it didn't begin when he was baptized. It began the day that he was born. It began in the very circumstances he was born in. And I can only guess that when the shepherds who were out in the fields, were visited by this glorious vision of an angel, that they must have been perplexed when they heard the angel say, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. You shall find the babe. This will be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. i got to believe they scratched their heads. The Savior this angel just told us it's the Savior, the Christ. Where is he? He's lying in a manger. Shouldn't he be in a palace? Shouldn't he be in some royal crib somewhere? Why would the Savior be in a manger? Well, because he came humble, and he came as a servant. He made himself nothing, and he took on the form of a servant. And Jesus is an example 
to all of us when we get thinking too highly of ourselves. In a storybook about Humphrey, the high-minded camel put down his great view of himself, and in the story, he knelt before Jesus because he had witnessed these kings who visited Jesus bow before him. And that's not fictional. That's right from the scripture. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshiped him. Worship's more than the music and the singing and the raising of our hands. Yes, that's very good, and that's, that's a part of our honor and our, uh, our devotion to God. Worship's more than giving gifts and giving of the material blessings that he's blessed us with. Again, that's great. Those are forms of worship, but there's more to expressing the real worth and the real value of Jesus. The kings who were men of means and who had servants and attendants, they thought nothing of bowing down before this child who they had identified as the king of the Jews. These men, no doubt, had worshipped other gods in the countries that they had come from, where the custom was to worship different gods. But what did they do? They forsook those gods. They were now convinced in their minds and in their hearts that they had a better light to direct their lives and to direct them always and a better God to follow. And they worshiped, and they worshiped in the giving of themselves. And they yielded their lives and their, their selves before this baby, and they bowed down before him. And I just want to encourage you, all of us, to imitate them in that very thing. When you have discovered him whom God promised from the beginning, the one who the prophets wrote about, who was expected uh, through so many ages, and, and at last he was born, as we celebrate today, the Savior of the world, when you discover that, fall down and worship him. Worship him as your Savior. He was born to raise the sons of earth. He was born to give us second birth. Give him your life. Give him your life as the one who gave his life as a ransom for your soul. And he bore your sins on a cross and in his own body, and he won over death so that you could inherit life. The Christ child, the baby in the manger, Jesus, he is that valuable. He's worth that much. One of the little children set it up here this morning. Give your life. Worship him with all your life. Let's leave here today with that attitude. Because of Christmas, we worship and we worship Jesus Christ with all of our life. We're going to go out of here on a high note. We're going to go out of here singing Hark the Herald Angels Sing. It tells the story, and it, it reminds us of these very things that Jesus came with. And before we leave on that high note, I just want to remind you of some things that are important, and because we're not meeting next week, I want to remind you, and that's one of them. We're not, we have no meetings next week. It's our family week. I want to let you know, too, that for our youth, the way they're having their Christmas blitz lock-in, that's this Thursday. Jesse Allen, where are you? You're here. I saw you. 
he left his children. He's got kids, I know. He's got three of them. He must be. They had too many uh, cinnamon rolls. <laughs> anyway, see Jesse. It's $35 a person, $5 off if you bring a friend. Our New Year's Eve service is going to be next Saturday, 530 in our main sanctuary. Uh, that's in lieu of a Sunday service. On Sunday, we'll just be in our chapel to have a prayer time. And uh, you're invited to pray in the new year on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. Wednesday, January 4th, we're going to sort of get back slowly into our uh, routine. We're going to have a, a night where we're just all together. No, no classes going on. We're called Bethesda United. And we're going to uh, be talking from Exodus 2017. Uh-huh, uh-huh, because it'll be 2017. Yeah, uh, it took you a bit to catch on. Wow, wow. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised too. Well, it, it is a shock. I know it's 2017. It's, it's shocking. And uh, your giving envelopes arrived early. You could pick them up on your way out. That'd be fantastic. Let's leave here on a high note. Let's leave here with this attitude of worship that Jesus Christ came uh, and, and we can give him our life. He is so valuable. He's so worth everything. Let's give him our life this morning. Why don't you stand as we close? Thank you, God. Thank you, Father in heaven, for sending us your son. We celebrate that today. We honor that today. We're grateful for that today, that Jesus Christ came, and we can make him part of our lives, and he saves us, and he saves our souls. We thank you for that, God. And Lord, I just pray right now over all that are here this morning. God, for every family represented, for every person in this room, that your great blessing would be upon them, God, that you would hold them and keep them, that your hand of protection would be upon them as we go today, God, to visit families and friends and just to celebrate Jesus. God, may your Holy Spirit just rain down upon every single person here and every family represented to keep guard and to protect them, Lord. And as we enter into 2017, God, May it just be a wonderful, wonderful year for all here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for all that you've done for us. Thank you for all you're going to do. We love you. We praise you. We honor you. We worship you. We give you our lives. And we thank you in that precious, precious name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.